This week's episode of Comic Fellas is brought to you by Nietzsche Coffee, sellers of espresso with tinning. I'm a big coffee drinker and uh, the one thing that really gets me is when you have too many coffees, you know, like you have two or three in a, in a day and you get what they call the coffee jitters, you know, the caffeine jitters. Um, and I love drinking Nietzsche coffee because their uh, espresso with tianin actually cancels that out. So you do not get any of the caffeine jitters uh, and this allows you to have maximum focus whilst you are on your late night gaming sessions. Comic Fellas listeners get a 40% discount for 40 capsules by using the promo code COMICFELLAS, K-O-M-I-K-F-E-L-L-A-Z on Lazada Singapore or Amazon Australia. We thank Nietzsche Coffee for their support of the show. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Comic Fellas with your hosts, Baz, Ozzy, and Nev. How's it going, guys? Hey, Baz, how's it going? Very, very good. Nev, how are you guys? Everything's yeah, yeah, good? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking. So we've got nicknames for everybody. Uh, Ozzy's got his, but we've also got titles as well. So like Brandon, you know, is Omen, right? He's known as Supreme Leader Misguided Omen. What kind of titles do you guys want? It would need a title. Uh. Sure. Mm. Grand Admiral, Grand Admiral Oz, is it? <laughs> oh, uh, is is it Star Wars related? Doesn't have to be Star Wars related. It could be Star oh, Trek yeah. as well. <laughs> Why not, man? Number one. Number one. Okay. Uh, number one. Number one. That's me, man. One. Oh, one bill. Right? No. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We oh, can have true. a conflict, man. We can't have a conflict going on here. It'd be Grand Moff Oz. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like a grandma of old, old bitches. <laughs> yeah. well, well, maybe you can mull on that one since you gave uh, number one his title already. Yep. yep. <clears throat> Speaking of number ones, did you guys see the news this week that uh, The Mandalorian has now surpassed Stranger Things as the most streamed TV show in the US? No, so, I did not. Yeah, That's so that was out this week. Very interesting. New service, a uh, whole bunch of new subscribers, obviously, but everybody has streamed it multiple times. That means for them to surpass Stranger Things, that's that's a quite an achievement, if you ask me. I'm just I'm just curious on what what Disney thinks about all this because, I mean, it's really a slap uh, to the face of the movie makers of the last two movies. Really, the the way this has been received with such, um, I don't know. I suppose there's such positivity, I guess from all the Star Wars fans. Yeah, critically acclaimed as well, right? So Mm -hmm. if you look at uh, the meta scores, it's very high and very positive. So good thing. I think if you're Disney, I mean, my view, if you're Disney is, it's fine because the other two movies made a billion plus each. This is not going to make a billion plus. It's going to be a calculation as to how many subscribers they brought on. What's the cost per acquisition for this thing? And how this is driving long-term customer value, right? The LTV kind of stuff is what they'll look at. So it's, it's, it's good. It's different. It's doing different things. I think, I, think, I think the most important thing for us is not so much for us as consumers, not so much the business side of things, but it is now appeasing the fans. I think that's important. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. You know, I've been a vocal critic of where the franchise has gone in the last two years, I would say, give it another 18 days and it will be two years I've been 
very, very vocal about it. I think before that with The Force Awakens, I was vocal as well. But I can thank Ryan F. Johnson that uh, because of the big bomb that he created with The Last Jedi, I started this podcast. So lots of positives. Yeah, and and, you know, I mean, if if they're not careful, I mean, you know, Disney is a big, you know, big company and so was, was, you know, all the Arab countries once, right, before the Arab Spring. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Right now, I think is 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 appropriate. <clears throat> uh, it's not a case of too little, too late, uh, and they're appeasing the fans, and you can see it, you know, across the board. Agreed, and that <clears throat> is the model of Star Wars, right? Versus what Ryan Johnson, right? Ryan F. Johnson said, which is, you don't give the fans what they want. That's not cinema. That's not how you do it. You cannot give them what they want. They don't know what they want, so you cannot give them what they want. That was his view. And if you look at exactly what they've done with the Mandalorian, is they've given the fans exactly what they want. And look at how happy everybody is. Yeah, it's all just a big ego, isn't it? It is this Ryan Johnson. I think he deserves all the shit that's coming, that came his way and is going to come his way throughout his career from now until the end, I think. Yeah, well, he, he even talked down to Lucas, which made yeah. it worse, right? Yeah. How can you say stupid things like that to the guys who create, the guy who created the whole thing? Arrogance. Just yeah. Like- and his new movie just came out, I think. I think uh, I, I read somewhere that people aren't purposely are just not going to watch it because of Last Jedi, and then they just that's they that's, that's that's me, man. That's I'm one of them. That's for yeah. sure. I don't yeah. care. You know, they can have Tom Cruise in it. They can have Brad Pitt. They can have everyone in it. You know, yeah. I'm not going to go watch it. Yeah, it can be top because film. yeah, just because. He did a big F you to us. So yeah, this is my F you back to you. And it's, yeah, it's uh, before he can say it, I'll say, yeah, freedom of speech, freedom of choice. That's my choice. I'm not going to watch anything you do. Yeah. Anything associated. If you, if you feel associated with a movie, uh, producer or whatever, like even advisor, I'm not watching it. Yeah, okay. same. same. Yeah, yeah. He's taken a big dump on our childhood, as most of us say, actually. <laughs> exactly. Uh... Speaking of childhood. Mm. Episode four, the sanctuary came out, and uh, it, well, it was about a childhood of a kid, right? A certain kid that we've uh, dubbed Junior, and uh, sanctuary was about the Mandalorian teaming up with an ex-soldier to protect a village of raiders. It was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard or BDH, as some of them call her, and she is only directed one episode of out of season one. You might have seen her before in Jurassic Park, which she was famous for, but I felt she was always famous as uh, the daughter of a gingerhead guy, you know, one uh, Richie Cunningham, mm. which is Ron Howard. Yeah. And uh, I think she's done some <clears throat> acting here and there, but nothing like crazy. I think she did some good parts in uh, The Help, you know, Terminator, Terminator Salvation was crap. I didn't yeah, watch she was She was in Black Mirror, one episode of Black Mirror. That was She was okay in that. Um, yeah, but that's that's also a deal kind of thing, right? Like um, the deal was basically to bring back Arrested Development as a series. She was to be part of the show, number one, and she gets to direct a Netflix series, which is to be named. And she also needs to uh, be doing something else. I can't remember. There's a couple of things when they usually do these kind of deals where it's like, okay, fine, you do this, but you get this and this. And it's the same reason why Ron Howard got that rework of star wars where he said i'll do that but my daughter needs to do this you know and this one needs to do that and i need to do this talk about nepotism in hollywood eh? it's just how it is and and they're all fine with it that's the thing not saying she's a bad actress yeah 
And uh, I, mean, he, I mean, I didn't recognize her without her running down the street, you know, with a, in her heels, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but yes, so yeah, the the cast was the same. I would say you still got uh, the Mandalorian, and then this time we finally got the introduction of uh, Gina Carano as Cara Dune. I thought it was a good introduction, and I got some more notes that we can talk about after we finish. But uh, what do you guys think of the the episode? Um, I wasn't too ecstatic about it. I think uh, I thought it was a, a bit of a soppy episode, and now that I when I knew. Uh, at the end that uh, BDH directed it, you know, you can see she was trying to take the story into a different way, slightly giving uh, our Mandalorian a little bit of uh, sensitivity. She tried to put in, like, you know, multiple uh, love interests. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean... It's it's just I you know I want to see him as a badass, but then suddenly now he's you know we find out that uh, he's a bit of a softy, mm. uh, and then I don't know the episode was uh, again there's you know it's it's like the western theme you know you, we've seen these themes before they you know the gunslinger comes in trains the town uh, to fight a bunch of farmers you know it's uh, it's in seven style right yeah i mean uh, and you know, uh, three amigos i mean it's, mm. the list goes on and on but um yeah i wasn't i'm not I, I would say last week's episode compared to this is way better this one is it's all right yeah yeah it's so way. yeah it's all right and f what about you um I like the change of pace. I mean, to be fair, you know, uh, I, I enjoyed the change of pace. Uh, I think I think the only thing that that I disliked about it was pretty much uh, how he teamed up with uh, Gina, you know, uh, Carano. Mm -hmm. uh, you know that that whole you know flipping, you know, and and and, and you know uh, Mexico standoff. That was kind of corny to me. Yeah. You know? Something around, and then yeah, it was a bit forced. And then you know, you have Junior come up, you know, uh, sipping his his bone broth. You know, I was like, Ooh, uh, a bit, yeah, a bone bit, broth. Yeah, a bit too <laughs> corny. I just found that really corny. I, I can't help but feel that they're overusing Junior a bit as well. Uh, yeah, the, he uh, was. Yeah, he was the centerpiece. You know, this uh, episode, and that's obviously for for the toys, man. Coming, <laughs> which which actually funny enough, none of them are ready apparently. Oh, okay. So they might, they definitely miss uh, Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, they might miss Christmas. So that will be a biggest gaffe they've had in 30, almost 40 years if they miss Christmas. But they're, yep. you know, cracking the whip in China now. I feel it'll probably start being listed next week where yep. they might reveal more about uh, Junior. Cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, like, like, I mean, no hurry to know, you know, his origins and stuff, you know. I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. Like I said, you know, uh, in the first episode, you know, which was, you know, we've gone through a drought, you know, so I'm savoring it, you know. Yeah. Um, what I found uh, really interesting was, was, uh, you know, the whole whole thing about him, you know, not taking off his helmet and, and, you know, he sits down in front of kids and that lady and he does take off his helmet. Now, whether anyone saw him do it, we don't know, right? But he actually did take off his helmet. Yeah. Well, he admits that he takes it off when he's alone. So. Yeah. But in full sight, right? If the kids were to, to, to turn around or even the lady were to turn around, they would see him, you know, his true identity. 
But yeah, like it goes back video. to what Ozzy said, right? At the beginning yeah. uh, of episode one, yeah. when we did the recap, and I say, what's that, episode 65? We discussed uh, two episodes ago, we discussed, like, will they stay true to the Mandalorian way of not yeah. taking their helmet off? And that was covered even in the last episode, or the second episode, when he was at the... He was going to battle, and uh, the... Uh, I can't remember what they called her. The lady said, have you ever taken off your helmet to, to anyone else? And he said, no. Well, then he they said, said, this he is said the yes. He does. Have you ever taken off your helmet? Yes. And then she goes, oh, have you taken it off in front of anyone? She goes, no, not since I was a kid. So, so that's fair. That's why I say, oh, so this is the yeah, way. Let's, then... just, let's just call her Pocahontas, man. Because if I'm not mistaken, she was the actual actress in Pocahontas. She looks so familiar. Really? Yeah. So let's just call her Pocahontas. Until right. we find out so, who she is yeah, or what her name is. We've, right? we, we, we've got Junior, now we've got Pocahontas. Yeah, it's fine. Actually, we name another, <laughs> we name another one. We name another one. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's own that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, I agree. Um, my view in the episode was it wasn't as good as the first and, and uh, the third. Definitely not. It's, it's not even close. But it was better than the second episode. Definitely. Yeah. I would uh, concur. Yeah, Most yeah. definitely. I mean, with, especially with the inclusion of the uh, ATST, man, that was cool with the red eyes. Yeah, it's a, it's a modified yeah. ATST. By the I Raiders. don't know what, what's up with the red eyes, though. No, it's the Raiders, right? The toys came out a month, two ago, and that's exactly what they showed. The Lego toys had it, and they, I think they called it a modified pirate, pirate, uh, sorry, Raider, modified Raider ATST. Yeah, well, it's just your interior light being red. You can do yeah, that. It's in intimidation, your car. no? No, yeah, intimidation. You can, also, you can also do that to your car. Yep, yep. Right? Your interior light, you just change it to red. And there you have it. Yeah. yeah. Intimidate someone. Yeah, mm. so, yeah, I didn't. I like the ASDSD. I kind of like the battles. The opening scene I thought was quite lame with the whole giant shrimp thing. Like, funny thing is, I keep those shrimp, the real versions of those. They're called Neocaridina. And they're really small. They're micro shrimps, basically, like dwarf shrimps. And essentially what they had, I was like, okay, what does this add? Don't know. You got blue milk in the bloody Star Wars universe now. Now you got blue fish or whatever. And then you get this guy shooting up everything. And then this guy shows up like the bad guy from Gears of War, like General Ram. <laughs> Everybody's shooting and then he just shows up in the middle there. And I was like, okay, will we find out more about this guy? And uh, sadly, you do not find anything else about him after that. Did you guys feel there was an open, like, loose end there? Yeah, I mean, you know, in reality, they would have overrun the whole village and burned it down to a crisp, right? But that didn't happen. So yeah, that's... so why? You wonder why, right? What is yeah. it that they are taking from the village or from the people of the village? I wonder. Right. The, the building, the, the soup thingies, the acid, bowls of acid or whatever it was, in the, in the tent, you mean? Yeah, so what is that? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. There was no elaboration. There was no... Well, there was no leader of the, uh, of the thing as well. They, you didn't see, you know, the leader of that group, you know, oh, we should go and get more shrimp or whatever it is. Nothing. It's just they were kind of faceless enemies, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, I've, I don't know about this Gina Carano. Is she going to be like a mainstay? Like, is that or just the one episode that she's on or what? Mm, I think they've... They've not said, if I'm not mistaken. Because I don't know if it would have been cool. Oh, if no, no, no. To... I checked. I checked. Three, three episodes. Is he, you know, like he starts to build his team, quote unquote, you know, and, and then it's a band of, it's a band of fellas running. 
I well, I think we said Magnificent Seven, right? So he's starting to recruit them. Mm. And three episodes is what she's built on IMDb. So I think next episode you won't see her. You'll see someone else. Which they, I think the synopsis came out already. It says he's gone to help um, a struggling bounty hunter. So that's two plus him is three. And he probably gets one or two more. And then in the eighth episode, they all come back. Or maybe seven episodes, he recruits all of them back. And then they show up in the eighth, maybe. Yeah. Because he's, com- he's guilt, right? He's been excommunicado. So probably he needs to build his own kind of thing. Hmm. Well, that, that's just my view, of course, in my mind. I thought it was think, pretty cool think, that she was a shock trooper, though. Yeah. And I yeah. Think, I, I, thought think... she was, I thought she was going to be an ex-Mandalorian. Like. Mm, Ex-Mandalorian, bounty hunter, true and true sort. And then you discover she's an ex-shock trooper. Mm. It would be nice if they just wrote in that they that he knew her. That would be cool, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, where have you been? Like, oh, since uh, such and such a time, we've been looking for you. Blah blah blah. So at least there's some history. There's a, you know, you could play that angle. You could play like maybe they were, you know, they had a thing. You know, mm. like, why not, right? Yeah, why not? You know. Oh well, that's uh, maybe that's the whole thing. So, Bryce Dallas Howard said like she doesn't know anything about Star Wars, but she had Dave Filoni and Favreau there at all times to help. Mm. So maybe she just I, and she said she's like if I don't know, I just ask Filoni and he tells me, and then uh, Favreau will jump in, and then we just do it. I think that there was a lost opportunity to do like a love triangle there. You know, he she get jealous or you know, oh you like the village girl, is it? You know that kind of thing maybe. Yeah, yeah, she can play on that, right? Yeah, that would have been fun. Miss opportunity, I agree. And if you want to... In the first place, I think they shouldn't have done any love story so early on. True. Maybe in True. the second season. So if you do it, then set up a, an, a potential arc with Gina Carano or... Um, what did they... He, he, he told everybody her name as well, right? Uh, Cara Dune. Set it up with Cara Dune now. And then in second season, maybe you address it. Yeah, anyway, that's that was her choice of doing it. Um, but but even then, like the planet Sorgan, you you go to the planet. It's backwater. There's nothing there. And what are the Clatoonian raiders doing? We don't know. Like I don't think they even really mentioned them as Clatoonian. I only found out because I went on IMDb and looked it up and said, "Oh, they're Clatoonian raiders." I don't I don't get the I don't get the wooden huts when when the freaking uh, wagon is hovering. You know what I mean? I just don't understand. There's clearly tech available, but then they're still you know living in wooden huts which is which is, which is bizarre I don't maybe understand. they're mormon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh what was interesting was when they were doing the battle with the atst uh it occurred to me all of a sudden like didn't his ship have blasters yeah why wouldn't he take it take that out take the atst out with his uh ship um, i thought it was going to be an at no, 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 ATAT too big. <laughs> you know, like the way, they, the way they, you know, at the start when you're walking and the ground was shaking, I was like, oh, yeah. shit, the ATAT freaking. And I thought like maybe if they had like a, pl- like, you know, a platoon of stormtroopers, like maybe ex-stormtroopers just, you know, being the bandits instead mm-hmm. of these guys, you know, like, you know, just, you know, ah, we got all our stuff. We're just going to raid and just do shit. I yeah, think that we- would yeah, I would go with that. It's kind of like the the Vietnam War guys, you know, the whole platoon. Yeah, like I'm a, done with this. Outpost. Yeah, yeah they're, yes. they're like, you know, we're not with the Empire. We're just ourselves and we're just, we got all this shit. We're just going to terrorize people. Yeah, that would be cool. Because this one, I don't know where they're going with it. So you created a new villain 
per se, Clatoonian, and they're raiders. So they, you could have just used Tuscans that migrated, right? Tuscan yeah. raiders, you reuse that. But again, I guess it goes back to what I was talking about. They don't want to pay as, as much as they can. They don't want to pay any credit and money royalties to uh, Lucas. So you create a new one, call them Clatoonian raiders. You call it a modified ATST raider, uh, which is what a toy is called. The toy is called a uh, Lego Star Wars ATSD Raider Transport Walker. That's what they call it. Uh. See, so they 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 use very specific words when they say it. So ATSD, very generic, but it's actually no, it's a transport walker. So, and it's modified. So we created something new. So it's fine. Don't have to pay you, because they want to take as much money from Lego as well and all that, right? So, but yeah, I felt his ship could have done it because we saw in Rogue One. When the X-Wings came in, they took out the ATSH easily. See, so why not? Because well, in Rogue One, those were not AT-ATs. Those were not yeah. the AT-ATs. Those were maybe, ATSH. Maybe, maybe the ship was just too far away. Who knows? Yeah. They wanted to attract any more attention. That could have been it. Or oh, he was also very confident he could take it out. Also, the, the ATSH's blaster, when we saw on Endor, it would, they, if he would just, one would just can blast the whole village to to flatten it from one without even having to walk too near even just stay hang back and just blast everything and it would have just been it would just be flat yeah true true. i think that's also like uh just give it a pass kind of but you could maybe maybe you explain it by the ammunition is different because they can't get the exact same one that the empire uses the blasters are different kind yeah yeah yeah. but Mm. i was very surprised that he gave up his pulse rifle yeah so now we know it's a pulse rifle because she said, throw me the pulse rifle. So in the show notes, I actually put the, there's a clear shot of him holding the pulse rifle in one of the the uh, concept arts. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I can see it's more like a pulse rifle than just a cattle prod kind of thing. Yeah. It looks like but, stuff from the video games. I thought it was a sniper rifle, but yeah. Oh, they call it pulse rifle and re- then you add on whatever and then it becomes something else. But the base weapon class is a pulse rifle. But yeah, so that whole thing, even with the Kubas guy who showed up, the bounty hunter. It, it, so what is in Junior that allows it allows them to track Junior? I'm wondering now. Yeah, I think I think maybe uh, a tracker was in you know when he was out uh, lying there on the bed, they would have they might have injected him with the tracker. No, they, they the tracker was there before, even in episode one. That's how he found uh, found them. Yeah, somehow or another, it is still you know active. You know, that's pretty much it. So the only thing that makes sense is some microchip, I guess. Yeah, so they chipped him like how you chip a, a mogwai, maybe. Yeah. Gremlin. So that's pretty much it. That's a given. But you know, I I had actually expected him to look for it and remove it. As a bounty hunter, right? Yeah. But that's the that, first thing you do. That did not materialize. So what if what if Baby see. Yoda is is a clone? <clears throat> There's like a whole bunch of them, and then it's like a factory. It probably is, right? Like the clone troopers, right? They all had their designated CT, don't know what, don't know what. But but maybe all of them have been destroyed, except him. He's the last clone. Yeah. That could be it. So he's the last one, like Jedi. They are farming Edeclorians, maybe. They're like, mm. so maybe that those tubs are like tubs of liquid Medichlorian, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's what Brandon was saying. He's interested to find out what are they doing with the midichlorians because it looked pretty clear that they were extracting that from him in the third second episode. Sorry, third episode. Yeah, third episode. It seemed like they were extracting that. But for me, the pace of this episode as well, I didn't really like it. I I thought 
slowdown is fine, but slowdown to the story they were trying to build, I, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was out of place. You know, what, did, what is the reason for changing directors every episode? Why not just stick to the one? Like they weren't sure. So if you want to attract attention uh, for a, this is the premiere series for Netflix. Uh, sorry, for Disney Plus, right? Okay. You got to attract all sorts of people. So. They don't know the audience and all that. They will show up. They know the normal Star Wars guys who will come anyway. So that's why they did, okay, Filoni. Filoni will be a big pool for anyone who loves any of the serials they've done. Then Favreau's name alone is, you know, carries weight. Then you bring in like this new directors that have a following somehow and throw them in. Mm. But uh, I agree. I, I mean, it's not new to Star Wars because even ep- episode four, five, six, they changed directors. And then same when they went to the Clone Wars stuff as well. And uh, even the new trilogy is the same. Except JJ Return, which is funny. That's how Lucas Return as well. So it's repeating itself. But new, um, maybe second season, they decide to change it. They haven't named the directors yet, I think, for second season. Yeah. Well, overall, still happy with the series. We're still looking forward to the next next one. Yeah, this this serves as a buffer, man. It's like pretty much like Star Trek, man. You have great episodes, then you have buffers, you know. Uh, so this one's a bit more fluff, you know. Uh, still entertaining. Oh, definitely, yeah. Still entertaining. I still liked it, but I didn't want want to watch it a second time. That's something. That says something for me. Yeah, um, the rest. And, uh, yeah, we've watched multiple times. Correct. Right. Yeah, the second one I didn't really, but uh, the third one and the first definitely multiple times. Uh, speaking of multiple times, did you guys uh, see the notes I put in? I went and looked it up. The Mandalorian has a stand-in because we're talking about his gait, as you were saying. Um, for stunts, is separate. He has stun doubles. There are two or three stun doubles. Yeah, two of them have done sense. everything. Yeah. So the stun doubles is Brendan Wayne uh, and Latif Crowder and they just added Barry Lovin. These guys, I looked them up, they're all very big size buff guys. Um, but the stand-in guy, Steven Jackson, he's slightly buff but he did. He's done all stand-ins. Anytime you see him standing around doing nothing and all that, it's it's basically this guy. Why so, do you Why do you even need Pedro Pascal then? Voice, and and potentially they might take off the mask. That means. Why do you need Pedro Pascal? He has a draw on his own, right? He's gonna exactly. Man, who's Steven Jackson? No one knows. The, Mandal- yeah. <laughs> the Mandalorian. Yeah. No one it's, knows. It's all about right? showrunners, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you gotta do it like cartoons. So why do you need? certain people to be in the cartoons, why do you need uh, Kristen Bell to be Elsa, for example? It could have been Adina Menzel, right? But nobody remembers her from from back then, so that's why they need to bring the names in. Exactly. Not to shoot you down, but yeah, that's... that's Yeah, that's a good reply. But uh, I also looked up, a lot of producers uh, help for the pilot, but when you look at the following episodes... There's a lot of le- there's a less there's a shorter list of co-producers now. It's just one or two or just one co-producer. So it seems like they really brought their A game for the uh, the first episode, which uh, which is good, which is good. Uh, how do you guys rate it? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it this one a six out of ten. Yep, yep. me too. Six out of ten. So I was actually leaning to a seven, and as I talked through it with you guys i've dropped it to a six as well yeah it's yeah i'm just because i don't first of all i didn't watch it again like that it didn't do that for me like it didn't i didn't have the urge or 
and nothing significant happened for me to go back and check. Like the second episode, some stuff happened where you want to go back and check, right? Like what was that animal he fought and stuff. Yeah. This one, I was like, I'm just gonna go up on on <laughs> on I mean, uh, I mean, IMDb and 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 the weak introduction of a new character, you know, Gina Carano. It was really weak. Could my, have been better. Yeah, yeah. That's my opinion of it. Uh, you know, Cara Dune is okay. So what? You know, uh, he probably could have done without her. <laughs> Actually, yeah, true. Actually, if like Ozzy suggested, if they had background, that could have been like referring to stuff, right? Like you look at the MCU, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye keep talking about Hungary or whatever. Yeah, something happened there. It's you know, just a, it's just an opportunity. Or even even if she wasn't a Mandalorian, she could have. They could have met in the past, or or maybe she had a helmet back then, and he kind of like recognized the armor, and, and you know suddenly like, are you so and so? Like, you know, and then or she definitely recognized him, which is why she attacked him. Or you know, there's so many ways they could have been been so interesting. Uh, you also can set up the her profile a bit by saying she was notorious ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And then after the fall of the empire, like maybe you could say she was the best shock trooper. Yeah. He met her when the empire fell. Yeah. And then they haven't seen each other since. And she also can do the castle run in four parsecs. <laughs> yeah. The other thing. The other thing also, I don't know whether you guys have noticed, is that it's starting to make you know uh, Mando himself a, a weak character. He's very trusting. True. Yeah. Actually, that's quite true. He trusted He's her quite supposed- easily. He's supposed to be this ruthless bounty hunter. Yeah, that's know? why I don't I don't appreciate the fact that this was very lovey dovey and he's yeah, also, he's, 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 he's like, so you know, you know weak take, ass, man. Yeah, take care, care of the kid, you know, hey, the kid needs food. Hey, sure not. <laughs> no, true, true. True. You it's, know, so you set it up so well some more, right? Yeah, so it's starting to look like, you know, a pussy, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Sadly. for me, BDH should not direct anymore. She should just do should do a cameo, and that's about it. Yeah, that might be it, actually. It, it, again, it could be one of those things they said, you know, as a favor to the father. Let her do this so she can get her, her directing Guild of America credits or whatever to say that she's full-fledged director because she's done five, six, seven, or whatever it is. I think I checked. Oh, she's yeah. Done a couple, but nothing as big as this. She's done documentary and two other things, like shorts and stuff, but not something as big as this that you know will raise her profile. But it could be about that whole credits thing where she needs to get X amount of credits. Oh well, she's had a day in the sun, man. So let's move on, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a bad, bad one, but yeah, it, wasn't it wasn't great. Could have been much better though. That's the only thing. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, if this was a twenty episode season. I don't mind having one or two, one or two of these crappy episodes where if you say there's just like eight, then we're you know we're wasting time. We're halfway through now, you know. We gotta. And I don't know what you guys noticed. This has been the longest episode thus far, forty-one minutes. Yeah. I had a question about that. Do they include the credits and stuff when they say that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Start. And start yeah. Start okay. till finish. Full run times. What you're saying. Yeah. It did feel long. Yeah. It draggy, did feel long. Draggy and long. But one thing I must say for it, when it ended, it did feel like, okay, it's it's about time ended and then I didn't think any more about it. Second episode, when it ended, I was like, huh, that's it? That that was my feeling. 
Yeah, our second episode wasn't a cliffhanger or anything. It just left you hanging. Right? Yeah, it's just like, this is it. It's like, if you didn't know the Lord of the Rings and you went to the cinema and watched the, the first one, <laughs> at the end of the first one, you're like, huh, that's it? The two of them look yeah. into the open, uh, yeah, what do you call it, valley to see Mordor kind. Yeah, we need we need a bit more, you know, of, of cliffhangers in it, man. Like 24, yeah? That's what we need. Yeah, you know, funny though, I thought about that. Maybe it's, maybe it's, they were not sure how this thing will go. So just try and do it like standalones. And season two, they will, because, you know, it's critically, critically acclaimed, they're going to do the same thing, which you just build a narrative throughout the whole thing and link everything together. Well, so you can tell a, a we good... We can be hopeful. Yeah, I think uh, with Filoni and Favreau, I think we're in good hands so far. And even from their, their I would say, experience and their credibility... Before this ad, I already said, yeah, I'll give it a chance because of these guys. And what they've shown so far, I say, yeah, you, you've got me. I'll be here. And I'm, I'm in, interested and invested in it. I mean, I'm satisfied. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm satisfied. You know, uh, Even after this episode and you know, episode two, I'm still satisfied. Still I good. Mean, it just makes me um, look forward to the Kenobi series uh, if this is the trend that it's going. Because then that's... That's a you good know, sign. That's yeah, a good sign. it's a good sign, and they're going to iron out all the kinks now. They'll know they'll know what works and what doesn't, uh, and then they're going to apply it to Kenobi with uh, Ian McGregor. There, it's just going to be uh, it'll be the shit. It'll yeah. be that's, that's, shit. that's the big draw, man. Yeah, getting Evan Evan on. Yeah, getting Evan, him back will be. Yeah. It's, it's something everybody's asked for. I mean, it's continuity. It's just yeah. it's correct. He's. He's Obi-Wan, he's older, the time is correct, the time frame is correct, he's in the correct age. Mm. Uh, yeah. So it links everything together. It links and, everything together, yeah. And it answers a lot of questions. Well, it can answer a lot of questions fans have had for the past how many years, right? Like 40 years. Mm. What was the story of him? You know, I mean, we learned a bit of that in the Clone Wars, but once uh, Revenge of the Sith ended, you don't know what happens. They had a bit of it where he was like still hiding on Tatooine, which we all knew. And then he fought with Darth Maul, the twin sons thing. And then he defeated Darth Maul in 30 seconds or whatever that was. But that was all we knew. That's it. So speaking of, you know, knowing more and linking things together, uh, episode five, still to be named, still to be titled, is directed by Dave Filoni. So we might get a race in the tempo. And then it will dip in episode six because episode six is Rick Famuyiwa. So interesting there. The story is by Christopher Yost and the teleplay is by Christopher Yost and Rick Famuyiwa. So it seems like Christopher Yost is the guy who's good at doing this kind of thing. Not so much Rick Famuyiwa. So I think he's doing more of the the directing itself. So he doesn't write a lot of it. So he's just doing what he's told kind maybe. And then seven is John Favreau. Uh... He, he did the story, and Deborah Chow is back, which is good because we really liked the third episode. So we're going to get a big bang at the end. Yeah, and the big bang is Taika Waititi is coming on to, to close off the, the season. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it looks like it's, it's really ramping up. That means five, six might be a lull, like we said, this whole filler episode, and then seven and eight will be like penultimate, and, and, and the final one will be just top-notch, I think. And then yeah, we have to wait great. a year. <laughs> we have to wait a year before anything happens. That's a, that's the downside, I feel. Yeah, that's true. 
but I must say, actually, it's a good thing that they went with the Mandalorian, this Din Jaren story, versus saying it's the Boba Fett story. Like, I think there will be too much for them to do and too many things to tie together. What do you guys think? Yep, I agree. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I think I prefer it like this. I don't think I... For me, Boba Fett is is digesting in the bottom of Salak pit. So that's... For a thousand years. For a thousand years. So he's done. <laughs> yeah, so this, this is fine. This agreed. Is agreed. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's good. Speaking of good, uh, anything else you guys want to cover? No, I think, we're, I think we've, we've pretty much said everything else. Let's uh, Let's keep this one fresh and short and sweet and then we'll mm-hmm. adjourn yeah. again f- uh, after s- episode 5 yeah so then for everybody listening thank you for listening if you have time please drop us a review on any of the podcatchers you catch us on we're on Spotify I think a lot of people are deviating towards uh, Spotify now less on iTunes so we're getting good mix there so drop us a review send us uh, anything you want we're on uh, most of social as well. You can catch us on Instagram, The Real Comic Fellas. You can ping us there. Uh, or you can look me up as well. All right. And uh, thank you for listening. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank good you. night. All right. Good night. Bye. This week's episode of Comic Fellas is brought to you by Nietzsche Coffee, sellers of espresso with tinning. I'm a big coffee drinker, and uh, the one thing that really gets me is when you have too many coffees, you know, like you have two or three in a, in a day, and you get what they call the coffee jitters, you know, the caffeine jitters. Um, and I love drinking Nishi coffee because their uh, espresso with tianin actually cancels that out. So you do not get any of the caffeine jitters, uh, and this allows you to have maximum focus whilst you are on your late-night gaming sessions. Comic Fellas listeners get a 40% discount for 40 capsules by using the promo code COMICFELLAS, K-O-M-I-K-F-E-L-L-A-Z, on Lazada Singapore or Amazon Australia. We thank Nichi Coffee for their support of the show. 